On this episode of Bluey's Brisbane, we're off to the cafe for a cup of tea. Oh, sorry, we only have banana bread. Oh, Whether you call Bris Vegas home or are planning a trip to the River City, this is the podcast that will help you plan the ultimate Bluey day out. <laughs> the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Welcome back to another edition of Bluey's Brisbane. This is the podcast that gets out and about in the River City, that is Brisbane, as we explore the real-life world of our favourite healer family, and hopefully we're inspiring the ultimate Bluey day out. And today we ventured out to Brisbane's east, to the suburb of Hawthorne. We've set the card table up in Hawthorne Park, which is featured in the cafe episode. Here you go. That's two dollar bucks. Tap here. Sorry, that didn't work. Oh. You must be out of money. Yeah, you spent it all on strawberries. Oh, yeah, I did. And back at the card table once again is the one and only Lou Bromley. G'day, Lou. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling good being back in my old digs here. This is your old stomping ground, isn't it, Hawthorne? Yes, it is. So my old school is Lewis Hill College and our playing fields are just up the road. And it was known for a school excursion towards the end of term in the last week that you'd come down here to go watch a movie. Um, So this stomping ground is very familiar to me. So today we are in Hawthorne. Um, We're going to explore this part of Brisbane and its neighbouring suburb of Balimba. They are, of course, amazing riverside suburbs. And if you caught our uh, episode from New Farm Park, we talked about Lou's old school, Lourdes Hill, being right on the river. Um, you know, Lou, what was this area like, you know, back in the 90s? What, what, what did teenage Lou make of uh, Hawthorne and Balimba? Um, it was a quite a different type of place to be in because when we're talking about even things like Bluey's House and architecture of Brisbane, this was an area that all exploded with the home renos and Queenslanders were a little daggy. So everyone was buying them as the cheap houses and starting to do them up. So teen me being back here million dollar properties now but back in the day you'd be snapping up bargains um, in this suburb Morning, Wendy. one of the great things i love about cafe it links in nicely to some of the chats we've been having with nature play queensland like you can take bits of bark and they become banana bread presto you've got a cafe you don't even have to have a playground to do it you don't even need a hawthorn with an e in your backyard um, or in your suburb you can do all of these sorts of games too in your own backyard or own parks and I think that's what's really great. Take inspo from the cafe episode about how you can do your own little bit of Hawthorne through Nature Play Queensland's ideas. It's one of these suburbs too where, where you can have a lot of uh, the A-listers. So the rich, the not so well known either um, with their enclaves down by the river and pontoons and all the rest. But when I was at high school, we didn't even have things like a rowing shed. Now we've got multiple-storey new buildings since I've left. So even my school has substantially changed um, in in terms of what they've got there. And that's what we see now in the bluey skyline. So Mm. me looking back, it's like I'm going beyond that skyline before it was even there. Well, the the architecture in the Queenslanders are a nice little segue here because... We've actually had quite a few of our American listeners and friends reach out to us on the the podcast. They've, you know, they've slid into the old DMs and they've said, we want to know more about Bluey's house and these type of houses that are called Queenslanders. Mm. So I've actually tracked down uh, one of Queensland's 
best known and most awarded heritage architects. His name's Andrew Ladley. For anyone who wants to know a little bit more about Queenslanders, the houses, we'll find out from Andrew in just a moment. I think it's also really good to say, Andrew, when he's doing up QPAC, or Queensland Performing Arts Centre, so when we brought you our bonus bits earlier this year, Bluey's Big Play, that's what was going on there. So Andrew behind the scenes is renovating and adding on bits and pieces to our existing Performing Arts Centre, so Mm. that's going to be exciting to see. Absolutely. Hi, this is Dave, a.k.a. Bandit Healer, and you're listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check it out. In the cafe episode, there's a scene that cuts back to Bandit and Fido talking, and Bandit says something like, oh, they're really hard to maintain. Pretty sure he's talking about his Queenslander house here because, you know, 100-year-old house, lots of maintenance, pain in the bum. So we actually tracked down one of Queensland's premier heritage architects. His name's Andrew Ladley, and I started out by asking him what his role as a heritage architect entails. So I work... um uh, as an architect, but my primary role is providing advice to owners of uh, heritage properties, heritage listed places particularly. And um, so I work for, for the owners, I work for developers, uh, town planners, and I work with um, them and their their architects to help facilitate um, approvals and also to provide advice on how to look after their, their buildings and their properties. So presumably that's, you know, your, your Queenslander house up to any kind of large size heritage building, yes? Yes, anything, um, including uh, recent things like the Queensland Cultural Centre. Um, uh, I'm working on the QPAC additions, new p- performing arts venue there. So uh, it doesn't have to be old. Uh, so heritage uh, things can be listed for a number under a number of criteria. For people who watch, you know, Grand Designs, you'll hear Kevin talking about, you know, buildings tell the tell the story. Is that something yeah. you, you kind of agree with? Oh yes, I definitely do. And the and the the stories in the in the fabric of the building, you can write all the words you like, but I mean, seeing things in the flesh. Uh, I'm particularly interested in in reading buildings, reading the changes, and uh, how places have evolved over time. Well, look, we're talking to you today because Bluey. The, uh, the hit TV show that's set and produced in Brisbane. Now, Bluey lives in a, in a Queenslander um, in sort of the Red Hill, Paddington area. So before we talk about sort of specifically about Bluey's house, what makes a Queenslander house sort of quintessentially a Queenslander? There's a few theories on that, but I guess the, the essential elements are, um, are the construction of lightweight, uh, out of lightweight materials, uh, timber, which is plentiful, sheet metal roofing, tin as it's called, corrugated iron, and fairly economical in in terms of size, um, fairly recognisable form. I mean, the early ones, obviously, it was a pyramid roof, uh, a four-room core with a front veranda, kitchen out the back, and then they sort of variations from that. And I guess the other part of it was, was being elevated on stumps and... Uh, there's lots of theories around why that happened too, but a, a, a good part of it is due to local topography, dealing with sloping sites, um, giving space underneath to dry your clothes, that sort of thing. So I guess the, it's that small timber and tin building uh, with, a, with verandas typically that uh, say Queenslander to most people. Most people know sort of the in Brisbane... The, the eras, you know, you've got your, your pre-war and post-war, we're talking Second World War. What kind of time frame are we talking about with Queenslander houses? 
Well, I guess the late um, 1800s and um, the, the period up to around the First World War was the earlier form and then they, they kept that form for a while up between the wars but then they evolved into your um, more elaborate gable type things like you see in um, suburbs like Ashgrove and places like that. So they evolved... Um, the verandas became more enclosed, more users sleep outs um, up until the Second World War. So, and then obviously after the war, things were more frugal and the, they became a bit more more austere in their design. So, I guess anywhere from the late eighteen hundreds to the um, Second World War is covers the the broad base. So, yeah, looking at um, looking at Bluey's house, you're an expert on on Queenslanders and design. How would you describe it? It's very recognisable. Um, it's it's a, a, a worker's cottage with a, a small front veranda, um, and the front the uh, front bedroom projects forward, which is common with a gable at the front. So, yeah, it's common variation on the on the early design, like pre World War One or just after World War One design. Yeah. And these are prevalent sort of through Red Hill, Paddington, any other parts of Brisbane? Yeah, Red Hill, Paddington, even Nunda, uh, Woolawan, inner southern suburbs as well. So very common throughout the earlier suburbs of Brisbane, yeah. Now, if we look at other parts of Bluey's house, it's clear it's been sort of fairly nicely renovated. So what are some of the typical renovations that have happened over the last 20, 30, 40 years? Oh, I guess good and bad. I mean, people used to close in the verandas. Um, to make more space, but they weren't usually very good spaces. They'd put sheeting over the VJ walls because they didn't like dealing with those. They'd cover the floors, um, build in kitchens, open up walls to make rooms larger. Basically anything anything goes. But, and the, I guess the common one is lifting and uh, creating rooms in underneath to make more space. Are there any, any problems inherent with the design? Because I remember living in Queenslanders as a younger person and winters were terribly cold in them. Yeah, they, they work best in the warmer weather when you can open them right up. So, yeah, not, not a good cool weather house. You get drafts up through the floor and very thin walls. Um, and they work best when they're correctly oriented. So facing certain directions, they didn't always work and they tended to be not designed for the way they faced. They were a, a, a common design that was located uh, sort of willy-nilly almost. So, yeah, they weren't... But they can work well if you open them all up, but then a lot of people don't like that because it means you've... People like insect screens now, they like air conditioning. Um, so there are challenges with living with them these days. Well, mate, thank you so much for having a chat to us today. Really appreciate your insight into preserving our history. My pleasure. Thanks, Justin. It's not so much the heat, but the humidity. This is Bluey's Brisbane. Now, we're going to talk about kids and how to get to be one of those voices on Bluey. We're not going to tell you names. We're respecting like what Ludo Studio does and keeping all of our talent here anonymous. But uh, we've managed to find the voice of Winnie from the cafe episode and... It was actually done by one of your friends, her daughter. What a random factoid for you. Well, it was completely random because I caught up with her about a week after Cafe first aired on TV in Australia. And, and she said to me, oh, um, my daughter's episode of Bluey was on the other day like she thought I knew. And I looked at her and went, what? Your daughter was in Bluey? She's like, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, she did the voice of Winnie in Cafe. And of course, I said, well, you know, we're planning an episode from Hawthorne Park, the setting for Cafe. Would she come on the show and just talk to us about being a voice of Bluey? So I think we don't have to worry. We're not trying to track down the voices of, you know, Bluey and Bingo and the other talent that are on the show. Because as you've said, Ludo are pretty strict on keeping them under wraps so they can have and a normal childhood. Nice. I like it. Yeah. We're not trying to uncover nah. those kids. But this one kind of fell in our laps yeah. um, with a friend of mine. So, look, today we're down in, in Hawthorne Park, as we've said, home of the cafe episode. Um, and what better way to celebrate than to chat to one of the actual stars of the episode. So we're going to talk to, let's call her Annie. Like the musical. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, and sure. it sounds a little bit like Winnie, you know, who she played in the, in the episode. So look, we'll call her Annie. Annie is uh, a daughter of one of my friends and was the voice of Winnie in Cafe. Hello. Hi. Do you want to play Cafe? Oh, yes, please. This can be banana bread. Oh, this one too. My name's Bluey. I'm Winnie. Nice to meet you. Annie, thanks for coming and joining us at the card table here in Hawthorne Park. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Cafe episode and your character of Winnie? So my character is Winnie and I'm a Labrador and I have freckles and I meet Bluey at a park and we play cafes and my dad is um, the customers. And Annie, what happens to the dads by the end of the episode? So first they are not friends and then in the middle they're a little bit of a friend and then at the end they're like a lot of friends. So what was it like working with Joe and Dan Brum as they directed you in the voice session? Was that a lot of fun? Yeah, it was really fun and I like how the actors like really expressed it themselves when they like talked. How did you feel when you saw your episode on TV? That I was like really amazed that it's actually out because on the first day of school when my blue episode came out we were on my class watched it. Did Winnie sound like you? No, because they made me go lower because they made me older. What did your school friends think when they found out you'd be on Bluey? Violet felt like you're famous. Rubiana felt so amazed that I'm in Bluey. Bianca was, like, really wow. So how do you feel about the whole experience and um, what are some of your other favourite episodes of Bluey? I feel really great that I'm in Bluey and that I'm called Winnie because I really like the name. I love watching Bluey and the other episodes, like Octopus, Army, Midnight, and Kippy Uppy. But what's your favourite episode for real life? Cafes. What do you think will happen in the future with your character of Winnie? So, at the end of Bluey, uh, I came over to Bluey's house to have breakfast, and in the future... Well, I think we're going to be best friends forever. This is Bluey's Brisbane. So that was Annie, which is, of course, not her real name. She is the voice of Winnie in Cafe, set right here in Hawthorne Park. And Lou is almost an expert on the area, having grown (laughs) up and gone to school in the area here. So, Lou, the park's great. Um, What are some other things we can do in the Hawthorne and Belimba area? Hawthorne and Belimba as side-by-side suburbs. They're known for their cafe culture in this area. So we've got Oxford Street in Belimba and also Hawthorne Road here where we are, right beside the park. And great cafes, great coffee. Great also sort of artisan food, gourmet 
um, providors as well um, along here. And it's got to be the old school movie cinema. So we got to see The Croods too when it came out here just um, at the beginning of the year. And it was great being in a cinema again. And this one is really quite old school. Mm. If you want to see carpet that was old-fashioned in the 90s when I was a teen coming here, it's still here. (laughs) And um, it's got that old-fashioned candy bar and the popcorn, all of that sort of stuff. So you can get your chunky chimp on and get (laughs) into the popcorn. Yep, you sure can. Multiple popcorns. (laughs) Well, one thing that was actually a surprise to me, and I didn't actually know this was here, um, is the Belimba Golf Club, um, which actually occupies a, a prime riverside spot down there on one of the reaches of the Brisbane River. It's a very small course. It's a nine-hole par three course, which basically means every hole is very short. Um, and because of that, it can be enjoyed by you know serious golfers and beginners alike. Um, you know, you, if, if you're a beginner, come on down, have a hit. Plus, there's a lot of fun options like night golf. This is kind of cool. That might and, get me a lot across the line for golf. Yeah, night and, golf. And even if you're not a golfer, um, you can get down to the club on a Sunday afternoon. They've got a great family-friendly program in the afternoon with things like live music, jumping castles, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And look, I've been talking about the Hawthorne Cinema. Its twin other cinema is the Balmoral Cinemas, and that's on Oxford Street in Belimba. So two suburbs side by side. You've got two different options to go watch a flick on the big screen as well. The suburban cinemas kind of died off in most parts of Brisbane, but they've survived here in, um, in Belimba and Hawthorne. It's great to see. I think the locals here really support them. And people will travel half an hour just to drive to go to these cinemas because they are old school it's you've just got great food and coffee options and also then after dusk drink options as well Mm. um, in these locations so you really can still have that old-fashioned date night of a movie with a meal or Mm. a drink and that's what's lovely about this part of Brizzy. And it's take your pick isn't it you can just stroll down uh, Oxford Street and just take your pick from you know whatever you want to eat or drink it's great absolutely yep um, and the, the other cool thing is you mentioned cafe culture and, you know, this, this whole podcast is inspired by a family of talking dogs. You can actually get um, your family pooch out, um, take them for a walk down by the river, but there's a whole bunch of uh, doggy-friendly cafes um, along that stretch of Oxford Street in Belimba. You've got uh, Bellissimo, uh, Ministry of the Coffee Bean and the Park Bench Espresso Cafe which overlooks the beautiful Memorial Park. They're all Mm -hmm. dog-friendly, so you can take Fido for a walk and then get your coffee on afterwards. The podcast about bushwees, bumworms and Brisbane. Bluey's Brisbane, to be precise, with Justin and Lou. So we keep hinting there's a river around here. It's a very major feature of Hawthorne and Belimba. And I think that's really important too, that you've got a city cat stop and a kitty cat stop. So kitty cats are the smaller, sort of like if you miniaturise a tugboat-looking little ferry to go across river runs. They're very cute. They're very cute. And the city cats are also... It's a major stop here um, at the end of Oxford Street. Get on a city cat when you're at New Farm Park and you see them in these episodes too. So in Spy Game, where you can see Hawthorne by the river and you can see Lewis Hill Cottage. You also see the city cat just mm. sailing on nonchalantly past. Yeah. I highly recommend make it a river day out as well. If you can make that part of a visit to this part of the world, um, you'll have a great time. Get a river cruise on a city cat. Speaking of the river, of course, there's the Riverbend uh, bookshop down in Belimba, 
Yes. Bookworms will really want to check this one out. And you, I know you are a big fan of this bookstore. Um, yes. Because it's stocked with all the kind of stuff that you like. Mm. Plus, they're really well known for their events, which include book launches, um, author talks. I know recently they've hosted uh, Trent Dalton, world famous for his you know novel Boy Swallows Universe. Um, they host yep. Crafternoons, trivia events, poetry readings. And I think you've been to a few of these events, haven't you? Yeah, my last one was Matthew Riley, and it's his second last book in the Captain Jack West Jr., Series, and we're all counting down to October this year for the last book. So they know how to do a fantastic book launch and author event at Riverbend Books. I highly recommend that. And then, of course, as you said, date night after the book launch, you just cruise on down Oxford Street for some fancy nosh. Yep, and a glass of wine, personally. Well, look, hopefully this has inspired you to get out and about in Hawthorne and Belimba. You know, go to the park, come to Hawthorne Park, see what it looks like it's pretty well identical from the cafe episode you'll see the playground surround it's a circular playground surrounded by the little fence you know come for a bluey day out stay for the golf the shopping the cafes the movies you'll have a great time in hawthorne and belimba so look this actually wraps up season one of bluey's brisbane which is a bit of an achievement isn't it we've crossed a milestone now we've got a season done we've got a whole season done has there been a favorite bit Oh, that's asking me to choose one of my favourite kids. This has been covered in Bluey. One does not simply have (laughs) favourites. No. A highlight, perhaps. I think seeing Dave McCormack and talking to him, um, that talked to 90s me. So there's, yeah, early 20s Lou, still fangirls, that chat. I can't believe I've talked to Dave McCormack, and he's also Bandit. And he was such a nice guy, too. He really was, yes. And he's a fan of Oxley as well, your home suburb. Yes, and a lot of friends and Oxley residents who listen to our podcast, the amount of chatter that we've had of that vintage. So Dave's slightly older than us, um, which puts him in a certain era that we're not a part of, Mm. and that's in Oxley. We had go-karts and a water slide. And I'm going to talk to some of our Brisbane listeners when I say, and Boris's Breakfast Club did an outdoor broadcast what? from that Oxley Water Park. I remember Boris's Breakfast Club. It was the best. The best, it right? Was, I mean, it's completely weird looking at it now, like off yes. the charts, bizarre, like what were they thinking? Yes. But as a <laughs> six-year-old, Justin loved that show. Yep, six-year-old me loved it too. And to hear him say that, but I never knew my suburb had that because, again, I was that North Queensland kid. And throwing it out to my suburb saying, we've just talked to Dave McCormack on the podcast. What's this water park and go-kart track that he's talking about? There are still residents that have. You got your go-kart license. They gave that to you as like a souvenir. Someone even said on that post they'd only taken it out of their wallet a week before my post calling out for intel and photos. And some people are still looking for them in the old uh, heirlooms box, yeah, the keepsakes yeah, yeah. box. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was fantastic. The starting conversations of the modern history of my little hood of mm. Oxley. Yeah. Well, I think my highlights have been um, as a bit of a, an audio and a music kind of nerd. Uh, I've loved uh, talking to Joff Bush and I love talking to Dan Brum, both in very different settings. We spoke to Dan in the park as he was literally recording. Um, you know, sound effects for Bluey. And, I mean, fanboy me got to walk into Joff Bush's studio and talk to him right there in his studio. That was a highlight for me, um, one of the best. And the little, um, the little bickering point amongst us 
is that I got the signed CD and you got the biscuits. Nothing. Oh, well. Joff loves you. He I'm still, he I loves think you. I'm in his heart, even though you got the signed CD. <laughs> she says wistfully, staring off into the distance. You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Well, look, coming up, um, we've got big plans for season two of oh, the yeah. podcast. This isn't the end. No, not the end. Not by a long stretch. So we'll continue exploring Brisbane, which is, of course, the real-life world of our favourite healer family. We'll continue to talk to people behind the scenes of Bluey, but also we'll start exploring Queensland because, of course, the healers have been out to different parts of Queensland. We know that, you know, on the odd occasion, Bandit flies off to, you know, Longreach for work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Nana, Nana lives on the Gold Coast. They've been to the Sunshine. They've been all over Queensland far north Queensland to the Big Peanut. So we're going to start exploring what a bluey day out in Queensland might look like. Absolutely. And I just want to do another shout out. We keep talking about them in our last uh, episode and this, but uh, we're going to get some help from Outdoors Queensland and Nature Play Queensland. And they're two organisations that have now joined together and it's all about getting out and about outside in nature. And that's exactly what we see on Bluey and like how we can take inspiration from what we see on screen. How can we do that as parents with our kids in all different locations? So I'm really looking forward to doing a bit of fact-checking on the road of those Queensland locations that we've seen on screen with Bluey. So just give us a bit of a teaser. I think we've got Winton lined up as the first one because Mm. we know that Bandit digs up bones. The gag is he's a... People can't see this, but you're about to do the Winton sound effect. I can't resist. <laughs> was that circus? That was circus. Yeah. He's a clown, little Winton. That's right. Yes. We know that Bandit is a uh, well on the show. They say he's an archaeologist. He digs up bones, but hmm. there are you know dinosaur bones and dinosaur footprints in his office. We think and he might house. actually be. A paleontologist? Could this be right? We're going to fact check this, my friend, um, because there's all sorts of little, we call them Easter eggs, don't we? There's all these little clues in the show Mm. beyond his job title, and we're going to put it to the challenge. What is he actually digging up in Longreach? But uh, I'll put it out to you. I don't think that's where you've got to go. And the hint is Winton, our little English bulldog. Yeah, the town that he's named after. Cool. Well, that's coming up on the next season of Bluey's Brisbane. Looking forward to it and looking forward to Winton. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) What magic sounds I make. (laughs) You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane. Plus, they're really well known for their avenge... uh, avenge... (laughs) I can talk. 